What's up, long players? Welcome to the Long Play Listening Party, the show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, and whatever else sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard by Mr. Furious from Mr. Furious Records. I'm joined in my dining room for the first time <laughs> by the whole crew and Caitlin Conroy. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Royce, hey, how you doing? I'm doing excellent. Nice and cool in here. I appreciate that. Good, good. Nate? Same, same. All right. <laughs> so we're here. We're doing this in-person thing um, for the first time. That's exciting. Uh, exciting to have Caitlin here talk about all kinds of different music. Oh, yeah. You've had, you've made a lot of different music. Yes. <laughs> over the years in a lot of different configurations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've done some selections for us. Yeah. Uh, how did you pick what we're going to hear tonight? Uh, well, I, I feel like I could have gone about it two ways is how I was thinking about it. Either I could go by the things that I think that like people might be the most familiar with with me, or I could go to the things that I personally liked the best and I chose the latter. So I just went through basically my catalog, which is too many songs, um, (laughs) from like, yeah, that's not a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, starting from when I, I think my first one is when I'm, 17 16 17 up until like literally this month so <laughs> right, you said we have some new ones at yeah, the end two new brand new uh, ones yeah. so very excited about that so um when were you 16 or 17 uh when was i like yeah. what year yeah uh that would have been 2006 okay yeah okay. yeah 2005 2006 that makes sense yeah that makes sense yeah so so still high school would you like to give us, you know, the two-minute version of how you got into music and what got you starting to write and record at 17? Or Yeah, well, yeah. So I started actually playing and recording when I was uh, 12. But I, I don't know. I, I always wanted to be a singer since I was, like, five. We watched the 1995, I think, uh, version on a PBS of Les Miserables, the 10th year anniversary, and I became obsessed. Uh, and that was literally what made me want to sing. And so I kind of got into that, and I really liked how depressing it was, and that's what made me <laughs> write solely very depressing songs, probably. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then, you know, I started. I was in choirs and stuff, but I didn't ever really like kind of doing that, like more choral stuff. And then I uh, only ever listened to kind of dumb pop music until I was about uh, 10 and I heard Radiohead and I was like, what? This is music. I didn't realize this existed. And then uh, got really into Bright Eyes and a lot of just like kind of Midwestern kind of indie emo music. And then that kind of just expanded my like knowledge of really good lyrics and like intensive like long form lyrics and one of me made me start wanting to like write poetry and I did that and then I started playing piano and I I basically just kind of put it all together by the time I was about 12 and started just writing like super emo music (laughs) and I kind of never stopped even though it got a little older and a little older and a little older uh it's I'm kind of still there (laughs) so yeah I hadn't Go ahead, Nate. No, I, I, no, I was just saying that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I hadn't. Like so when I was listening this afternoon, I hadn't really made a strong kind of Saddle Creek connection. Oh yeah. But now that you mention it, I I see it coming. I was gonna <laughs> mention to you because you said you're from Lincoln, and I was gonna say, well, starting, I saw my first Bright Eyes concert when I was 12, um, and I have seen over 40 
Conroper's concerts oh, wow. since then. That's my obsession. Yeah. But uh, but I've also I used to drive up to Omaha basically from the point when I was a teenager almost every weekend to go see The Faint and Cursive and just Navy Genova and everything I could. Awesome. Yeah. Well, here comes uh, another holiday. Yeah. Is that uh, an artist, a band name? Uh huh. It was a band name. It was the band I was in in high school. Mm. Um, it was the first band I ever toured in, and by tour I mean like a week, maybe long, of basically driving down to Texas and back up doing some little shows and uh, yeah it was the first time I was like kind of a main songwriter front of a band I play keyboards and just tried to be Rilo Kylie essentially <laughs> was so I remember seeing I think it was called the wild and woolly uh-huh uh, was that so was that like a Something you just put together temporarily, or is that? Yeah. So that was essentially another holiday. That was actually oh, okay. Wild Molly was a mixture of another holiday and Cowboy Indian Bear. Okay. Uh, because when I was in another holiday is when I met uh, CJ and Marty and Bo, nice. okay. and that's kind of how we played the very first Cowboy Indian Bear show they ever played was with another holiday. So that's how we got the connection. That's how I met them, and then we recorded another holiday. Recorded this album the same time they started recording that first album that Cowboy put out. Um, we were in the same studio with the same. Person, engineer, what, what Joshua Browning. Um, it was Joshua Browning. Him, he bought a church out in Williamstown, okay. Kansas. Okay. And we sat in a real dirty church without air conditioning and recorded <laughs> albums there. Wow. So that's where this is recorded. And on this album too, you can hear trains. It was two feet from a train track. You hear trains <laughs> passing back and forth, and it was awesome. It was awesome. It's not just like the Jack White school of <laughs> making yourself uncomfortable. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, uh, it was fun though. I was going to comment on like, the drums on this. Mm -hmm. Who was playing drums? Uh, so this is Chris Brower. He okay. was at Another Holiday. Um, he, he's been in a lot of bands. He played in a little bit with Cowboy when we had our album release. He was one of the drummers that performed with us. Um, he's fantastic. And the cool thing about Another Holiday is I was, like I said, like 16. All of them were 19 to 22, 23, and to me that was significantly older. They were grown men, yeah, and yeah. Uh, they were all—they all had really good taste in music. Um, Brower, as we call him, he used to basically type out like sheet music and print it for us, and have these songs kind of just the bones of them like prepared. It was just—it was very wow. okay. neat and official, <laughs> and it was—it was great. It was a really lovely experience. Yeah. It was right. like very professional. Yeah, we didn't really jam unless we were specifically trying to like work on a like a part of a song. Otherwise, it was kind of all discussed beforehand, and I don't know. It was, it was kind of nice. <laughs> You play keys on this? Mm -hmm. I play keys. And... Uh, was this a, like an actual Rhodes? No, uh, I don't even remember what I played on this. I think I played, I had one of those big um, Yamaha, like, I don't know what kind it was, but it was like the one with like the fake wood panels on yeah, the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a classy Yamaha gotcha. keyboard that was still kind of mid range price. Um, yeah, that's I what I had during this man. Buy to put in your home or something. Exactly, yeah. exactly, 100%. That's what I had for a while. Um, I, yeah, I like the drum sounds on this. Mm -hmm. We, um, I would like to say we probably overmixed this album. This is this is the one thing that we really had being super young is Joshua. We drove him insane because we wanted to be the, that band that was there while like right staring at him while he's mixing the whole thing. And he's like, guys, get out of here. I don't want you here for 12 hours while I'm going through this thing. Can you turn that up a little bit? And he's like, that's not, we're not there yet.
poetry? What was that like? Uh, you know, I was uh, secretly in love with my English teacher in high school, and he used to play us like Elliot Smith, like Bright Eyes and Decemberist, when we'd go into class in the morning, and he was a really good poetry teacher, and uh, I, I just... I had a lot of feelings, <laughs> so I don't know that I was ever a good poet, but I was a good enough poet to help that, me push that into more rhythmic. Um, I think I was always focused on the rhythm, and I I love words, like I, I love finding words that sound pretty, so like um, Googling synonyms has my best, been my best friend my entire life, because I'd be like, I want to say this, but how do I say it beautifully? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to pull up the, the track listing, so I'm not looking at my phone. <laughs> I've got it here, Jack, if you want. Yeah. I've got it up. So. You've got it up? Yeah. Can you just, like... This is uh, The Return of Nature, a solo, mm -hmm. solo project. So this solo album was made in the same uh, studio as their holiday record, the Cowboy record. Um, and this was my very first ever solo record. So I was still on another holiday and was like, you know what, guys, I'm going to make a solo record. I have all these songs written that we haven't used another holiday. And I've really been thinking about it. And um, this was actually a song that I co-wrote with my friend JT, who he was just like a buddy I had in high school who lived like 20, 30 minutes outside of Lawrence, who lived in Ottawa. And we used to go like to his house and like drink coffee and he had he's a beautiful pianist and he's he's got like cool he had a Rhodes and he used to love the Rhodes to shows <laughs> it was a whole thing uh -huh. it's a Rhodes and um I just I loved writing music with him. He he definitely he like was very he introduced me to like Feist and Joanna Newsom and you know like had very very like delicious taste in music that got me into a lot of stuff. But um, a funny anecdote about this song is again Joshua was very mad at us because the chorus is it swallows us up and spits us out and it's so many s's and we had to do so many takes of, and this is one of those songs actually where you can hear the train. And it will be, and it's cool because it sounds like strings going, and it's really neat. I think it's literally like at the. That's probably, a nice. Uh, when, when is it? It's like in like 10 seconds or 15 seconds or something. It's after this next little yeah, section. next phrase just for a moment I decided and, and we were listening to it we're like, keep it in. yeah what do, what do you call that is that like serendipity or something <laughs> yeah serendipitous yeah um, yeah I like I like I love those those phrases <laughs> and I didn't notice that so, now, <laughs> yeah. so, so, so many S's <laughs> poor guy <laughs> I had, I'll keep this story short, but I had like a bad version of this happen on a song once where I was doing this ukulele song at my friend Corey's house and in the bridge this motorcycle like revved its engine and like went shooting down the street and uh, I will I will make that the outro music to this episode like after we're all done <laughs> instead of the normal like outro jam I will put that song in oh, so that's you can awesome. hear the crazy motorcycle. That's awesome. been good until I think up until maybe about 10 years ago maybe like 7 years ago I really started trying but for so long songwriting for me was 
all lyrics, all vocals, and then the music was simply like a just something to hold it there. Mm. And I luckily had lots of friends and things who would kind of be like, oh, we'll keep going on the music and keep working on the music. And then, but one thing that I loved about playing with JT is that he had all of this instrumental stuff. And I was like, I don't even think about it. Like, I don't even think about instrumental stuff. I do when I listen to music, but when I write music, it's so about the lyrics and so about like what I'm trying to emote that the music almost seems like secondary. Um, but luckily I wasn't the always the only person in charge of everything. <laughs> so do you have any music in mind at all? Even chords, or it's like it goes down as poetry at first. It, and... For a lo- now, it's different. For for most of this playlist, it was lyrics, um, and then I would just find a chord progression, and it mostly would be pretty simple. This song actually um, was recorded in my living room on a little digital four track, and uh, all I did was do the acapella because it just came to me and I so I just recorded it and all the music was just written to the acapella track. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. And I somehow stayed on key enough for that to work. <laughs> and that's the the best thing I got from choral singing my whole life is I got really good pitch and I got good enunciation for the most part. But yeah, this was just kind of one night I was felt like singing something. I did, and then I was like, well, I guess I'll put some music to this. <laughs> well, and rhythm, too. Yeah, and rhythm, right. a little drum machine I had. So this is, you, you changed the artist name for this. Do you want to I tell did. us about that choice and what the difference is? Uh-huh. So I was, um, this is around the time that I think I had already joined Cowboy just very recently. I lived in a house with uh, CJ and Bo and, um, and the boys from the Noise FM. We all lived in a big house together for a while. And then um, I was super, super, super into St. Vincent. And I was always really angry because I would try to book shows as Caitlin Conroy. And they'd be like, oh, you're going to have to need like a band or you're going to, you know, we don't want singer songwriters. And I hated that. I hated you hear, see somebody's name, you think, well, it's going to be real. Which, ironically, my music is really minimal and slow and kind of boring. But I didn't want anyone to know that. I wanted them to book me not knowing that. And so I love the fact that St. Vincent, you never knew what it was. You never knew what you were going to get. It could have been a whole band. It could have been one person. And that's where La Guerre came from. And the reason it's La Guerre is because in choir, we sang a song that was like a 10-minute song. And it was about like a French battle. And it was all in French. And it was really difficult to sing and really fun to sing. And it was called La Guerre, which means the war in French. Um, and that's why I changed it to that. It's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're on. Uh, uh, this will be sweetness is objective. Another Laguerre track. Yep. Same pro- uh, same like album or EP. No, this okay. was this was a song that I recorded. I have a lot of songs that I record just based off of like feeling sad at that point in time, and then I never do anything with it. And this is one of those songs that I never put on anything, never showed to anybody, and then I finally put it on like a B sides record that I put out last year. But I wrote this. It had to have been back in 2012, I think. Okay. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. A lot. I like one of the things you do very well, I think, is uh, I like lyrics with good uh, prosody. Mm-hmm. The, the sound of the syllables. Right, right. Flowing and feeling natural yeah. and um, nothing kind of 
messes with my listening experience than more than a syllable that you know it's just, it's just like a flow and rap right like yeah. you get off that just it feels like a little pebble in the shoe or yeah you know what I mean and you 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 put there's a lot going on in the lyrics but it all flows yeah thank you I, I mean I think that really does I owe so much to my obsession with Connor Reverse because he is such a master of being able to have these like paragraphs and paragraphs of lyrics and it's simultaneously is like even though it's not meant to be catchy it's simultaneously catchy and it sticks with you but it's still like conversational it doesn't feel real you know um rigid and it and it doesn't always yeah it's, it's just not overly thought out and because of that it just kind of flows because it is more conversational and that's how i really like writing you always give us a surprise too in every one like in your rhyme schemes or you know which is funny because I don't write choruses I've, no, I've, I've just recently kind of gotten into writing trying to write a chorus I've just always hated choruses like myself doing them I'm just not good at them so it typically my version of chorus would be yeah like a bridge but it, the lyrics would never be the same I never would do the same lyrics and, and make it a chorus no, I hate that <laughs> yeah I think uh, I, I, that's that's one of the things I like about your music uh, and, and the lyrics uh, and then I'm kind of more like I I, I I looked at a lot of the lyrics I could find, and I sent sent them to, it, to everybody so that we kind of had, mm-hmm. like had them if we wanted to refer to them. But uh, what was my point? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I've been like I, I pay attention to music where I found like I you know just started getting into it and listening to music. Like I would always listen to kind of how the music made me feel and like what was going on in- instrumentally. And then, like the, the lyrics would be a kind of a you know a second See, thought. And I was just like Caitlin, like I, I mean that was the whole reason I bought a beat machine just so I could have a beat that would just roll, you know, yeah. and I could just write. And, and then I was like, well, maybe it needs a bass line, you know, I mean, yeah. or something like that. I just never thought about the music that way, and you can tell because your music but, is. Extreme. But yeah, so I, I just uh, some of the stuff that from Laguerre and, and um, just the way that you put the music together, I'd like. Kind of want to get into more of that. Yeah. You know, not necessarily right now, but yeah. I guess, yes, we listen to more of it. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I really like the way that I, you, I assume that you just record most of that yourself. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I really like the, the way that you put that together. Thank so, you. Um, your comments about people telling you to work on the music <laughs> definitely paid off. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so around this time I was also um, Jordan Geiger is one of my favorite songwriters just of all time he was my hero growing up here and uh, I used to go see him play a lot and the song um, Return of Nature the album that's on my first solo album I like had to work up so much courage to ask him to sing on a song on there with me and he did and I was so surprised he said he would and and after that, because I was kind of trying to get in there, so maybe he'll want me to sing with him, and maybe he'll want me to be in his band. And, right, right. and he did. <laughs> so we did. Um, I did a few little little gigs with him, and all around. And I was going to say that I, I I remember that, and it, it was probably like a big big deal. It was a huge deal. And then he, you know, we went and played Austin City Limits, and that was when I was yeah, like like. 21 and I blew my mind and I played on uh, uh, Jerry Lewis or whatever piano and I got to like and I mean it was 
insane. And so this is one of my favorite songs of his, and I, I'm singing on it too, obviously. But yeah, this is all his songwriting, and um, I don't think I could ever write like him. And like I've tried because I'm always like that's always something I think is fun is to take a song that I really like and actually like, try to write a song they would write, even mm -hmm. if I'm not going to use it. And I and I like when I can't because I'm like. Yeah, it just makes me appreciate them even more. But um, Jordan Geiger is just everything that comes out of his mouth is insane. From his voice to the lyrics to like what he comes up with, and um, yeah, it was just a really, really special time playing with him and getting to have these opportunities to do really cool things like that. And yeah, it's, yeah, this is a wonderful song. Yeah, and he records all analog, and it's crazy. And just recorded this in his room at his house and. Of course, he has, you know, he has, um, oh, John Congleton, is that right? He's um, a dude who mixes it, who does the IAI records, like everybody. Oh, okay. He's yeah. fantastic, and down in Texas, and that's okay. initially, eventually he went and moved down to Austin to make more music, and now he's back here, and, but, uh, yeah, if really? I could make music with Jordan for the rest of my life, I 100% would, because he's fantastic. We should sit for the listeners if you want to hear more of this. It's mm -hmm. under the name Hospital Ships. Hospital Ships yeah. is Jordan's project. Yep, he's still making music. Um, I'm supposed to be singing on the next thing he's doing, which is, I don't, you know, where everything's been obviously turned yeah. all upside down mm -hmm. the last few years, but uh, I definitely look forward to doing a lot more stuff with him. Just a very, very unique and gorgeous voice. Well, your voice is also gorgeous <laughs> and unique, and um, I guess I'm trying to segue <laughs> from oh, that from you. that comment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, this is a good one. <laughs> which is why, like, um, I mean, I asked you, um, not to plug anything, but I asked you to record uh, on a song yeah. a few years ago, um, which I love. I was so close to putting that on here, and I didn't know if I should or not. No, no, no. no it's, it's, yeah, it I, was cool. No, no was expectations fun. or anything. Like I, we'll link to it. My, yeah. my, yeah, my point of it was, though, that you kind of took a story, like an external story, mm -hmm. which is a really cool story, um, and I loved it. Um, but I was wondering, like, how... Do you do that often, or is that kind of just, you just... No, I, you know, I don't. I... I really do kind of like write what I know too much like like I've gotten in trouble a lot by <laughs> by essentially revealing deep dark secrets that because yeah, the lyrics are, I mean they, 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 a, lot, yeah. a lot of lyrics are, are seem personal yeah and I've had and I've definitely had periods of time in my life that I've not done great things to people maybe I cared about or that was you know touring a lot and doing things and mm -hmm. I, it's just impossible for me to that's it's my therapy like it's how I get it out and Sometimes I like knew that would be kind of the only way I could say certain things too, you know. Right, right. And, um, so that's a no, lot of what it's a lot of, it's a lot of what these actual next few songs are. <laughs> honestly, is um, yeah. But and this is also getting into. So this is when I uh, discovered GarageBand and was like, wow, this is great. I can use this to. I was touring all the time with Cowboy around this time, like all the time. And I was like, I can just demo all this stuff. Yeah. The thing is, is I ended up just getting kind of impatient and so uh the next four songs 
are all on GarageBand. Nice. And just, they stayed that way. And I recorded the old Rare and Collectible Spirits and Violence and Alphys. They're just all, just all GarageBand. All the vocals are me singing to the mic hole on an iPad one. <laughs> oh, wow. Yep. Chat? Okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's... Just because it was right there and it, and I just wanted to put it out and I didn't really care if it sounded super professional or I just liked the vibe of it. So, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that, especially about the mic. I mean, it sounds, it sounds great. Not at all. It took a lot of practice to get it to uh, where so it was. There is definitely a technique. It's, it's how high I hold it, it's how far my face I hold it, it's the environment. Yeah. There's like a place in my mouth I have to sing for it to sound specifically mm. good. Yeah. So, do you still use GarageBand? Uh huh. Okay. I sure do. I sure do. I, uh, you know, it's like the conversation we were having before this. It's it's just really hard for me to. I don't know that it's actually hard. I think I, you know, uh, amp myself up too much and I get like overwhelmed previously to learning it. So I'm like, I can't learn that. I'll stick to what I know. <laughs> So everything, really, after, literally everything after this point, given other than the two cowboy songs um, that we'll listen to, are uh, at least demoed on GarageBand, if not like beats and things taken. Because yeah. I'd go in and obviously like I'd do all the beats and, and mess with it. So I didn't really use any like pre-programmed stuff, but I definitely like learned enough on how to tweak it to try to get everything I possibly could out of it. Mm, yeah, true. yeah. really know you you know I'm not supposed to though baby I mean I'll stop saying these things see I like how you were doing that with the lyrics just kind of like mm -hmm. catching yourself and, oh yeah yeah no that's cool well the funny thing is it's if, if I say it can ever say anything about my music it's incredibly genuine because 90% of this stuff like I recorded this song on my iPad sitting on my dad's porch in Florida while he was like passed out one night and it was like three o'clock in the morning and I was thinking about somebody and I was just literally just got it out and that's how it came out and I didn't do takes like I did like basically like one or two takes of anything and it just did what it was so <laughs> it's really really driven by emotion more than anything else yeah and I talk way too we're going in like more into like just um like the sound of your voice um, kind of reminds me of like um, is it Amelie from uh, Sylvanesso mm -hmm. um, do you like them at all? Uh, you know I don't listen to them a lot but I've heard them a lot yeah and I do like her voice a which lot. I mean uh, you know that you were uh, recording and playing music before you know right I think they were like 2012 or something like that but um, your, your voice kind of kind of reminds me of that mm -hmm. so um, I didn't know you obviously have your have had your own kind of style. Um, yeah. For a while, so, you know, I think that. Are you influenced by anyone? Is kind of what I was. Yeah, thinking. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think probably most people are like this, but I think the way my voice is now is just a complete mishmash of all my influences. Like, again, I will say with every aspect of my songwriting, even singing, I Connor Oberst because even though I've never actively tried to sing with him or like him. I've screamed out loud to all of his songs 20 million times in my life, and so clearly that influences how I sing yeah. emotionally. Okay. Um, you know, like I said, I, I love, I love, um, I always really love like Coco Rosie, 
Um, and again, even though I wasn't necessarily trying to like emulate the way that they sing, I, I love their style of singing. Um, Saint Vincent is a big one. I I also uh, am obsessed with Kate Bush, and I think a lot of her theatrics are things that, even though again might not like I might not think directly translate to a lot of the way I write, I think it probably does like yeah. sub subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. You're in a unique position, I think, too, because for a few reasons. I mean, your choral background, mm -hmm. and also, you know, your ear and your your experience recording yourself. Mm -hmm. You can really choose mm -hmm. where to put your voice mm -hmm. and how how to fit it to each song or each album mm -hmm. or um, you've got a lot of tools in that toolkit yeah you know it's I was actually having this conversation um, while I was recording vocals just like last week um, and I will say the one thing is that I think one of the reasons I also like writing like conversationally and kind of having it a little more casual because I do think something I've never liked about my voice is because I am a like a good singer it it's super easy to sound real commercial or real you know mainstream if I if I just don't think and I just sing a lot of the times if I hear that I just don't like it because I, I that's not what I'm trying to get with this you know and so when I sing more with emotion and less like when I'm trying to be good vocally, um, that's when I usually get the things I really like. So a lot of the times we re-recorded re lyrics to one song because I listened to it and I was like, this doesn't sound like me. Like it is me, but I'm just singing too on. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, kind yeah. of, and, 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 but not in a way that I think is good. Like maybe right. technically good, yes. but I was like, eh. Because I, I can sing very powerfully if I want to, and I think that works a lot of the times to my advantage, but if I just don't think about it and that's all I do, I hate it. So. <laughs> no, I, I like the kind of the forlorn quality yeah. to, to, to a lot of what, you know, a lot of the songs uh, that you sing just... Uh, when, I mean, it is emotional, obviously, mm -hmm. but it, it's it's kind of a longing. Absolutely. Kind of, 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 of sound. Yeah, and I mean that's that is like I think that's probably what most of my songs end up being about is wanting things I can't have or mm -hmm. things like that. And um, you know, this this album that this song is on is when I co decided to start because I was trying to like tour with Lug Air a lot and trying to like get people to review it and uh this album and the ep that led up to it i sent out to like a billion people and i got like somebody in like london someone like paris to review it, and i'm like cool and that was basically anybody who the only people that did but um but there were good reviews that was yeah, good yeah. <laughs> but uh but i i was trying to define like the genre and i hate saying electro pop because to me it's not pop at all uh you know it could be a lot of things but after this song because I thought it sounded real ghosty and I'm a big horror fan I really like spooky eerie stuff so I started calling it apparition pop oh, that's, uh, that's a nice name or yeah, now sure. it's kind of like bummer pop or something I don't know it's you know it's like it's got like a chill vibe I, I always describe my music as um when you're walking into a party at like 3 a.m and everyone's passed on the couch and like the lights are still on, like like different color lights are still on, but it's just like everything's kind of slow motion because everybody's drunk and passed out. This would be the music that would be playing. <laughs> so that's how I always kind no, of I, think I, of my yeah, music. I like that term. Yeah. Apparition pop. 
Well, and it's the reason I called this album Rare and Collectible Spirits is because Cowboy was on tour in Chicago and to this giant liquor store, and they had a specialty case of old liquors, and it said Rare and Collectible Spirits in gold letters, and I was like, that's super cool. And, and then I was like, Spirits. And spirits. that's yeah, why I yeah, named yeah, it that. Gotcha. <laughs> this was directed to someone I was trying to went over at the time. This is, um... Uh, feel it. Feel it. Trying to be mad at somebody. Basically, all my songs, too, are, like, you're an asshole to me. Uh, still want to be with you, but don't be an asshole to me anymore. Right. Uh, and just give in. <laughs> it's like, all of my... It's bad. <laughs> no, but the way that you say that, you say that in very, you know, many different ways, and, yeah. and they're all um, different and yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's all... I'm such a romantic, and I'm a romantic in a way that, like, I know that, like, being in love is dirty and fucked up and depressing and, like makes you kind of a shitty person almost when you're really in love with somebody and not in like an actual way that like you're doing anything to anybody or anything like that but just like I don't know and maybe that's just how I, I feel but I I don't know I feel like I'm my most genuine self when I'm those points because you're just kind of raw and you like mm. don't even care what anybody thinks and that's how I write yeah. like this part especially yeah there's both there's like, kind of a beauty and a horror in there absolutely yeah. like that uh that phrase right there to check me out like I'm a library book. Yeah, check me out like I'm a library book, read the summary, yeah. and then be done with me. Yeah, right. Yeah. I am not yours to be a bastard. That one too. <laughs> I'm disastrous on my own, need no help from you. I don't know, I've felt like that before. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I can screw things up right on my own. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you know, <laughs> I think it's so, a lot of musicians see this obviously and just like writers in general, but a lot of my songs are just like that kind of um, in the moment processing my thoughts and it almost always ends in like a self-deprecation. Okay, yeah, I know I'm being dramatic, like I get it, but like this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to tell you this, you know, and and I and a lot of the times I just actually literally say that in the songs because I'm just like, I get it. like. I really am talking to people in these songs, like very clearly. How does that translate to performance? Uh, I'm usually sweating bullets when I perform. Um, it's funny, I, I think 90% of the reactions I get when I perform are always it's the like surface level oh you have a great voice i like your song you know music and then sure. but the people that i really appreciate are the people that come up to me and kind of like you okay <laughs> <laughs> and that's and it's been like that my entire life because i you know i do like I'm i close my eyes a lot when i perform i shake a lot when i perform it's just because i'm just thinking about it and getting back into it and it's not an act or anything and and a lot of it. That's why I don't really think I'm honestly a great performer as far as like showmanship. I just I just get up there and I play the songs. Um, I wish I was. I wish I could be like super. One day I will. This new project, Cheery. I'm, I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to make it more like genuine, but but polished and something kind of um, a real exaggeration of all the stuff I've done to make it almost kind of like sarcastically theatrical. That's my goal with this new project. So. Yeah, and 
yeah, I, I, there's there, there's different ways to go about it, but mm-hmm. um, I think if I'm going to see someone and I really am wanting to hear the music, I'm not necessarily concerned about yeah. what what's going on on stage. And there's um, I don't know why it's come up um, recently, but I I, I I'm, love Mazzy Star mm-hmm. and, and Hope Sandoval, like she's yeah. like famously like just anti, I don't want to say anti-social but, but yeah. yeah, I mean she yeah. is, you know, like, and just doesn't care yeah. about like the audience or anything, yeah. and she doesn't really want to be there. Yeah, yeah. And and that that was thing, that's actually been a, kind of a negative thing. Yeah. You know, for, for, yeah. You know, but not, I don't know if she, she, there's probably like some internal struggle there, but um, anyway, not to get off topic, but yeah. I mean that, I, Interacting with, with, with the crowd, I think, you know, will will bring a different vibe. Yeah, sure. I think so, too. But and I don't necessarily, like, I'm, I'm very, like, I work really hard on stuff. I really want people to like me. I, like, feel like I am, a, like, by nature, a big entertainer. Uh, throughout like in my life or I want to be like in my head that's who I am and how I present myself is very different and it's really true like I don't I don't not want I, I performing is my favorite things to do in the world mm-hmm. have if I could have a million people see me every time I performed I would be like awesome yeah I don't know if that would yeah I would still probably be up there like whoa like not knowing what to do but like yeah I don't know I think I always think I'm so much more larger than life than I think I actually am you know but in my head I am in my head I am that's the only place in that yeah it's true (laughs) Uh, and so this uh, album Sapphires was basically 90% of it was comprised of songs that I wrote even before the songs you just heard um, but had never recorded and then was on the record machine in Kansas City and and was like, well, I'm gonna actually make an album, like make like make a real album again. Because last time I had done that was with my very first solo album, and since then it had just been like Raj Band and me self-releasing it and stuff. And um, so for this, I got all the Cowboy guys, I got a bunch of friends to come in and have full bands and um, recorded again with Joshua Browning, who I recorded most of this stuff with. Um, me and Cowboy worked with him for a long time. And so this was like, which I really, really like, but also I'm just, I don't think I'm a control freak at all, but it does kind of suck having to depend on other people to do your stuff. Because you want, you know, and and I'm also somebody that doesn't like, I don't like to be a bother. So like, I might want to do something 200 times, but I'm going to do it three times because I want to be a professional and I want to be nice and stuff. And, <laughs> and so I, I, I love this album turned out and I think it was great, but there was just a sense of not having not, the control that I yeah, wanted, you know, yeah. and I'm too polite to say anything about sure. it. Um, but it, even though you, it turned out like how, like you, you liked how it turned out. I do. I really you, like how you, it turned you out. You probably want a little more control over how some of the things. And I mean, it's good, but it's also something where it was like being in Cowboy and Bear. I wasn't the lead in that band, and I was not used to not being a lead in the band or not writing all the songs in the band. And letting go of that control ended up being so good for me. And it's like that with everything else. I always try to say, well, okay, yeah, like I didn't have all of this power in this, but like that's okay. It's probably good that I didn't. You know, I don't know, but it's probably helped me somehow. Right. For sure. I love the back and forth between. 
the solo stuff in collaboration, mm -hmm. and I could never want to do just one. Yeah, I agree. The, the, the yin and yang of it is each one helps the other, and you mm -hmm. kind of scale up on both by, mm -hmm. by going back and forth. Oh, yeah. And I, I only learn by letting other people do the stuff that I want to do because I am like again not in a negative like jerky way but I am kind of a if I could do everything myself I would um, e even though I don't know how to do half of the things I want to do so it is um, it's the only way I learn is to kind of take a step back and let other people help me <laughs> honestly that's the only way I do it the song is about taking a bunch of acid yeah I was going to ask uh this is cold open and next oh no this is this acid. is acid yeah oh yeah uh, i wanted to ask about cold open though i uh -huh. I, I meant to watch whatever the the opening scene you said <laughs> that's dark based on. Yeah, it's, it's really dark. dark it's really dark yeah so i said i was like a big horror movie fan um and antichrist is one of my favorite movies and it's a lars von Trier film and it's just literally about like a couple whose like kid dies and it's like going through the stages of grief, but it's also like a weird like nature horror movie, and it's insane. And yeah, they do play. Like Amber know about that one. Yeah. Kiss um, that she's she's a big like, yeah. horror movie fan. The first scene is very dark, which I wrote the, the song yeah, out. Cold open. Yeah, cold um, open. But but this song is acid. This is acid. About taking much acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Nisby had one of those, right? I, I think so. Yeah. Well, it's you know it's. All my songs are obviously about like not necessarily just one thing, but yeah, this was brought on by when I was like 18. I've done acid a good handful of times in my life, and uh, this was one of the first times I did it. And I drove out to the country with my friends and did acid, and um, just basically about like the warping of perception that I experienced and how that relates to my actual like warped perception in my brain of my everyday life uh, <laughs> so yeah and then somehow it ended up sounding like a country song and i was like all right <laughs> that's cool was this so was this recorded um because favorite on sapphire so, favorites on sapphire so this album was recorded actually this was the first or one of the very, I think it was the first album recorded at the Sound and Vision studio. Oh, crazy. or or one of the the like first three or something. But it was literally right when it opened. Um, my buddy Matt Pelsma engineered it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, just had my Lagare band at the time. Um, which this was the first time I recorded with my buddy Orion that ended up kind of being my like dual partner in Lagare, and now this him and I are Dooms and. Uh, but yeah, this is uh huh, Orion Walker Dollar, one of the coolest <laughs> names ever. Um, that is a pretty cool name. It is a really <laughs> cool name. <laughs> Sound and Vision is the studio of the Lawrence Public Library. Uh, we're such a cool resource to have in town. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible! Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful studio. The staff are incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, so shout out to the Lawrence Public Library and Sound and Vision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for acid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We probably there's no official crossover. <laughs> I was not in my head because you know we were talking about acid. I was like, should I be saying that? <laughs> it's gonna be people probably listening to this or watching it. Yeah.
I'm sure our listeners are aware that acid exists. Yes. And acid people, exists. people occasionally take it. As a, as a um, PSA, uh, I've only ever taken incredibly small amounts of acid at a time and very safe environments. Mm. And that's if you're ever going to choose to do that, that is how you choose <laughs> to be safe with that yourself. Is the and way you should, yes. and a huge tip is to do something creative because it's a great tool for being incredibly creative. Trusted people. Trusted people. <laughs> very small amounts. Uh, yes, and with options to do something creative. <laughs> Drugs are the only thing that make you creative, so you definitely should do them. <laughs> so yeah, the opening of this movie, Antichrist, is um, Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg are uh, having, making love uh, in their room, and they're like three or so year old son gets up out of bed and crawls to a window and accidentally falls out of the window as they are climaxing. It's very dark. Uh, (laughs) And so I wrote the song from the perspective of the child. with everyone's faces. <laughs> it sounds a lot more wild than I felt like it was, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> kind of to go yeah, back to like listening, <laughs> listening to, uh, you know, instrumentally more than yeah. uh, lyrically, um, like I really love <laughs> the, 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 the instrumental in the song. Uh, we have Calvin playing harp on here. Oh, okay. sweet. Uh, and I was like, please come in and just, just do beautiful things. And he did. And yeah, a lot of breathing. And... No, because we were, you know, we talked to uh, CJ um, a little while ago. And, you know, we all like, one of Howie's favorite records, and we all really like the record, mm-hmm. and I listened to it, um, you know, but hearing him talk about how kind of personal and how, you know, not happy yeah. it was, you know, um, it's just, it's, it's, I, I don't know the correct adjective or word for it, but just how, you know, different people can interpret or feel different things yeah even though you know the subject matter might be you know really sad or dark mm-hmm. um, the music itself is like really pretty and like mm-hmm. if you don't you kind of put the the actual words you know kind of yeah. back there like it, it it makes you feel at least for me it makes it like kind of makes me calm and happy and yeah. peaceful. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I think I've, I've always also been somebody who finds kind of the s- saddest things kind of the prettiest in a certain way, or at least mm-hmm. feeling those emotions, mm-hmm. not necessarily, like, actual things that happen, but, like, the kind of, like, letting go. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, yeah, uh, this is one of those. So I didn't know whether to include this or not because this is a very vulnerable song, but I thought that because it was like literally the most vulnerable song I've ever written, it was pretty important. So <laughs> I, wonderful segue after what we just talked about. Yes, yes. In 2016, I lost a child and oh, yes. uh, this song was my way of basically writing 
if that hadn't have happened and uh, was super important for me to write and I even played it on a tour that we did and it was like a challenge to myself but I really thought it would be very helpful and I think it was like it was a huge part of the grieving process and how, how did that go like the performance itself um you know, good. I think I, there was one experience when we were playing in Chicago that the sound guy was just a... I love sound guys, but this dude was just an asshole from the start. He was just a jerk. I don't, he just treated me and Ryan like we were nothing. And then before I always played this song, I'd kind of give... I know. I'd give just like a tiny little explanation about what it was about, and then I'd play it, and I just could see his face like fucking drop. Like, why was I an asshole to her? And I'm like, I don't know, because I didn't do anything for you to be an asshole to me anyway. And, you know, like it wasn't meant to make people feel bad, but it was definitely one of those things where... This, this shouldn't make you Exactly, like exactly. But no, he was like, oh, it's really good. I'm sorry, I'm so jerk. I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't, know, I don't know why you were in the first place. But but no, I mean, you know, I don't know. I think it was really good and um, to play this. And again, it's just like one of those things where this song isn't necessarily like, clearly it's about that I'm sad that something didn't happen, but it's more like imagining it did, you know, and kind of, and kind of, giving myself this kind of like fantasy to make me feel good for a moment and <laughs> I really worked honestly it's kind of like like sort of trying to do yeah yeah handed down by common men also when I went into this for some reason I was like I'm gonna write a Leonard Cohen song and even though it doesn't have translate like that at all in my head I was like I'm writing a Leonard Cohen song <laughs> I don't know I, I was reading a lot of Leonard Cohen poetry and lyrics when I I think that's great, and I mean, we talked earlier, I don't remember if it was before we were recording or not, about this writing exercises and like, try, you know, trying to do something like an artist, maybe or something. Mm-hmm. I think the thing about that is, hardly anyone ever gets what artist you were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still, I might try, uh, I might try to sound like somebody. But it comes out as me, no matter exactly, what. Exactly, you know? exactly. And you might try and sound like Leonard Cohen, yeah. but the rest of us hear it as you. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No idea until exactly. You and I used to be so scared of, I like, before I would write, I would make sure I wasn't listening to music for, like, days, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't want those, un, you know, intentional, like, influences. I didn't want to just write write a song that I've been listening to a bunch. Um, but now I, I, I like... Now it's exciting to me to, like, I've been listening to that new Japanese Breakfast album, mm, and mm-hmm. there's a specific song on there, Paprika, that is, like, based off the movie Paprika. So good. Um, that song. Oh, it's fantastic. And, uh, and it, but, like, just the, just the feel of the song, like, I gotta write a song with this, like, that makes me feel the way that this song makes mm. me feel. And I think that it's, I've really enjoyed being able to, like, pick out these really vague things and songs that I can try to like capture and emulate without actually ripping a song off <laughs> and that's kind of cool like I want to make something like that yeah I want to make something that, that makes somebody feel the way that I feel when I listen to yeah. this song and now this is um, so I could have put on a million cowboy songs because you know that was like a giant giant part of my life and mm, sure. they're fantastic um, but I just put two from Band Inventor, which was the last album we ever made um Mainly because these are the only ones I actually like wrote the lyrics to and had like a big sure. part of the songwriting and um, 
so yeah, this was one that uh, I believe Danny and CJ got together and made these tracks and then basically sent it to me and write. Yeah. And uh, this was taken from a song that I had written when I was like 11 or 12 and it was a song I never used and I was like, okay, I'm going to like just like take the idea of this. And that's where this song came from. Yeah, I love the... Uh... Yeah, the, the, again, the, the instrumental um, like the bed of this track. Uh-huh, yeah. It's, and it's very it's kind of, open. It's, it's different. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's... I was really intimidated when I got it because it was so open. Yeah. Like, I was like, there's not a melody or anything. What the hell? Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? It seems like it's in parts, but the, yeah. Yeah, but the, the, the lyrics and... Improving scary too, to me. <laughs> Improving is oh, yeah, scary. Yeah, like yeah. trying to kind of write something where there isn't any sort of guide, whether it's from me or from somebody else, you know. And it's really cool that you were able to use something from so far back, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of recontextualize it. Can I ask one cowboy question? Yeah, of course. From the outside. Okay. It seems like it must have been just a very, like you were saying about this song, like a very open creative process. Mm-hmm. Did you have any idea what kind of band you were, what kind of band you wanted to be? Or like, what was what was that like from the inside? So I think the way that we saw Cowboy, at least uh, that I can speak on, well, I, I know what their thought process was when before I joined the band, because it was only a short, you know, six or so months before I was in the band. Um, you know, I think that like we kind of joked about that we were like kind of like a super group because we all wrote songs. Like Bo didn't, but Bo was so crazy good at everything that it was just yeah. didn't even matter that he wasn't a songwriter. But like between, I had known Marty my whole life and like loved his songwriting, and I had met CJ not way way before that, but loved his songwriting. And from the moment CJ and I met, I was at his house like every weekend, like recording random stuff with him and. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think for us, Cowboy for a long time was kind of CJ and Marty writing these songs and us just trying to like make them proud. <laughs> like, honestly, I think that a lot of that, like us trying to add things and, and then whatever it happened was, it was. Um, but I think then as we kind of moved forward and um, started getting deeper into um, recording Live Old Die Young, like we... Um, kind of just sunk into more and more collaboration as, as we went deeper and deeper. And then obviously for this album, <laughs> the concept of this album is our van died in St. Louis uh, when we are still on this giant tour. And we were like, we give up. <laughs> and it was... Did, so so the, the tour didn't happen? Or did never it, happened. Our van, it, van broke down on yeah. a second show, in St. Yeah. first show in St. Louis. Yeah. It was our first headlining tour. We were going to be all over the East Coast, had like yeah. four shows in New York. And... Um, we, we basically all went and got drunk at like a sports bar and we're like, we're gonna stay here for a weekend because we couldn't get back into Lawrence for like a weekend. So we all wrote music and then turned it into Band Adventure essentially. But this song is a love letter to our band named Candy about the good, the good times we had before it died on us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Like I think that it, 
the band definitely started as okay cj and marty are writing these songs then we're kind of joining in more creatively as far as like the execution of them live and recording and stuff and singing together was like so such like an otherworldly thing anyway because it was just that's like what we did all the time but no i don't know i don't think we ever knew what band i, I, I never had any idea of what people i knew people liked us i didn't really know like what we sounded like you know what i mean i did it i just because every time i saw live videos of us or play a show i was so focused on doing it well like i and and that's the thing is cowboy had um for a very 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 long time three or four practices a week that were about four or five hours long and we'd play the same song 30 times in a row man that's it was boot camp it was yeah. crazy yeah. And, and and it wasn't but i mean and and like yeah there are times where i was like, like but but then you know you do that and then you like go play a show and you're just never like you guys are so tight yeah. and i'm like yeah we better be yeah. like <laughs> i didn't spend my entire week not being so we couldn't be good um i mean like were you kind of all kind of in that period in your life though where it just it just made sense and it was so what you did was kind of something like like we need to do this I, I mean i think we were all obviously into it i think we just we really wanted to be the best we possibly could because we were really trying to do it yeah. like like if we basically gave it 150 percent from the moment the band was started to the moment that band ended like we played you know obviously like <laughs> yeah we played like hundreds of shows and every show we played we like worked really hard to do good you know and i think that that was just we maybe put in so much effort that we got burnt out real hard because we weren't getting the things that we thought that we deserved at that point which wasn't anything other than just like being able to do the stuff we wanted to and then you know we go and we're finally gonna do this tour we're so stoked for this tour and then it's just like it's just not working you know I don't so then know. you wrote an album like when your banners yeah instead of just being like that yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that's how we yeah that productivity was the way that we yeah. gave up honestly yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah this is uh this is again kind of a little i i've only put this on here because i feel like this song is an example of me uh writing songs on guitar which i've started doing a lot more i'm not a good guitar player at all i know i can probably play like 10 like six to seven chords probably um yeah and but but i but you know it is very different even though i don't really know how to play guitar it's really fun writing on something other than keyboard or something on you know and so i just found that i'm writing very different songs and i, I like them a lot and so this is just kind of a just one of those and they all kind of blend together to me but i i don't know i like not the content or anything but it's just like did you play guitar, guitar on this one no, and that's the thing that sucks. So this was a, <laughs> this is one of those classy, the, the thing that I hate about GarageBand is you can't, I, I don't have a way to plug my guitar in and play it. So I just have to use these stupid guitars on there. So, so this is, I, that's why this song, this song was never released on anything that wasn't like a little EP thing that was like very low key, but, but yeah, like chord wise and stuff, I don't know. I really like writing songs like this because it's really different. I just, uh, I'm at the very kind of beginning stages of doing that. A 
pretty good things. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, I was going to ask you, what's your, your plan forward? Like, what are you, what's your next year look like? Yeah, so it's a good segue because, yeah, so Laguerre basically ended up at the end kind of being Orion and I. Um, and we wrote this album like a year or so ago and we worked really hard say, on it. Can I just say that, that just what we heard, uh-huh. that, what you did vocally there was like, Amazing. Thank you. It's so good. Sorry, didn't mean it. No, it's okay. Well, that is the other thing about playing guitar is the thing I was talking about earlier about like being worried about sounding too like like given too much power and stuff. I feel like I can do that when I'm playing guitar because I'm not very good at guitar, so it's a little bit more minimal. And then I can be more vocal and more intense. Exactly. And then it's like it works out. Or not overcompensating, but compensating. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so La Guerre is now split into two projects because Ryan and I wrote this album and it didn't feel right calling it La Guerre because it was so collaborative. Like we literally wrote it half and half. Um, and I'm so excited about this album and it's gonna be, I don't wanna say anything official, but we're really excited to put it out on hopefully a really cool label next year in the spring or so. Um, and this is a song from that. So Hem and I are now called Dooms. And we have this entire album that's been done and for like a year or so, and I'm super proud of it. And it's really intense, and this is definitely like this one of the simplest songs on it, but he moved to Seattle, um, and so he lives there, and basically we did this album like partially when he was here and partially when he was coming back and forth from Seattle. Um, yeah, but I'm just, I'm very excited. So he's, him and I are doomed, and now my new official solo project, Lugger is No More. Mm-hmm. Now my solo project is Cheery, and that is, um, I'm trying to really amp that up, and it's gonna be like kind of a, I'm really trying to level up the energy in my <laughs> songwriting. So the album, at least this first album, I with Cheery, which I'm about halfway done with right now, and I'm currently recording, or will be recording on Saturday more and stuff, is really energetic in a way that I approve of because <laughs> I find things energetic to sometimes be very easily cheesy, and I don't yeah. like that. Um, so I, I think I've found a fairly good balance of my super dark songwriting and then kind of like... I'm just making it like really in your face energetic. And I'm I'm looking forward to how people think about but that. Lyrically though, right? Lyric, yeah, I mean lyrically it's the same shit. <laughs> but it's it's a little bit more polished. Like it's right. a, I'm, I'm I'm and I don't mean polished in the sense that I'm trying to make it more like Britney Spears or Yeah, I just mean that I'm I'm trying to think that like make myself level up a little bit, you yeah. know, and, and, and how I present stuff, and I'll always, I can always write a sloppy sad song, like always, you know, so it's just like I'm trying to challenge myself um, so yeah, Dooms is still going to be a little bit more of that gloom but it is like kind of more like, um, almost like a Tory, more like electronic kind of doomy vibe and Cheery is kind of almost like a sarcastically happy album that I'm really looking forward to and this last song that, will be is, the new Cheery was that Difficult? Like, would you find it difficult, or is it? So I'm lucky because I have basically written all these cheery songs on GarageBand, and then um, 
been pretty, I think they're at a good place. And then I've been making this album with Eric Davis, who was my very, very first band I was ever in when I was like 14 to 16 called The Ultraviolets. He was in that band with me and now he does a project called Paula Zolo. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I've known him literally since I spent the night at his house when I was like 14. Like I've known him my whole life. And so I've been going to his house and basically he takes my songs and he's just like, this is great. Let's double the guitar, the drums or something. And I'm like, what? And then it's just, and I'm like, all right. And so he's really helping me because that's, you know, I kind of had to admit, like, I just don't know how to do this. Like, I, I'm, I, it's definitely a lot of the songwriting. Like, I can amp up the songwriting and make it, you know, a little brighter and try to do that. But, like, I don't know how to make a song intense and not cheesy to me. And he's kind of filling that space in a really amazing way. So this is a cheery cool. song. Yeah. Very excited. I got to think, you, you probably almost, or I imagine you almost... Had to have both projects. Like you couldn't oh, do yeah. just one. Oh like, yeah, one hundred percent. You're gonna split your <laughs> oh, songwriting personality out. Like yeah, that. yeah. Well, I am someone who uh, anybody who knows me, I do four hundred things at once at all times. I do illustration. I do like like literally everything I possibly. I run a camp. Like I do everything all at once because I have to be incredibly busy or I'll die. <laughs> and this is just one example of that as yeah. But the content too, I mean, of like, because if you're going to try and go a little, not cheesily happy, uh -huh. but like, yeah. if you're going to try and yeah. go there, you need the repository for like the, the darkest no, 100%, of the dark. Yeah, 100%, 100%, yeah. Outlet. Oh yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> It'd be like Prince, that would be your big hit. Mm -hmm. I'm never playing that well, song. I definitely <laughs> want to hear more from both yeah. of these projects because um, I appreciate you debuting oh, yeah. uh, you know, oh, yeah. songs to us here on the show. Yeah, I'm really excited about this album. Uh, I just did last weekend a music video for this song, which is, I'm trying to, so this album as my like first solo album, this new project. I'm trying to do all the things I wanted to do before, but just never did. Like I, both the Dooms album, this album will definitely be released on vinyl. There'll be like nice. I'm gonna make okay. four to five music videos for this album alone. Um, and yeah, we had an 11-hour shoot for this video on Saturday, and it was. I'm so excited. It was. Yeah. Just, I just I like conceptualized it. Yeah, and and I was like, we're gonna do all these different scenes and have dancers, and they're all gonna choreograph something, <laughs> and it looked so cool, and I'm yeah, super excited. Does, does. <laughs> and you can tell I'm really trying to like, just because I've never done it, and I. I really like to challenge myself and see like what would happen if I do something completely the opposite. And I would have never had a song that could have handled choreographed like <laughs> dances. And this album can. I can see it for this for sure. Yeah. And they're cool. It was like real modern dancing. It was really good. I worked with some really really awesome people on this, and super excited for this to come out. Yeah, that is very exciting. Um, and we'll you know talk about your social media and stuff mm -hmm. uh, in, a, in a second, but uh, <laughs> I did see some of this stuff that looked really cool. What a great way to end this playlist. Hmm? I said, what a great way to end this playlist. Right? It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of doom and gloom and things on a... One little ray of hope. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we just recorded a song that, to me, sounds literally like 
uh, Mario Kart, and I'm so excited. <laughs> and I, that's all I, that's how I can describe it. Is it literally just sounds like you're playing Mario Kart? I'm like, cool. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah, that's the vibe I'm going for for this project. Yeah, uh, lyrically, I, I guess it, you know they're they're stealing dreams. Hey everybody, it's Howie. Whole crew is still here. Our conversation with Caitlin went long. It's fantastic. You're going to hear the rest of it next week. But right now, we did want to mention, Caitlin, you're playing on July 3rd yep. with Cheery mm -hmm. at the Replay in Lawrence. Yep, with uh, C.S. Lexum and the Creepy Jingles. And it's an inside nighttime show, Saturday, July oh. 3rd. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it will be awesome. Fantastic. And we'll be back next week with the rest of this conversation. Later, everybody. right in the bridge where I'm like... I was going to say, maybe we should have the motorcycle drive into the room. <laughs> that might be a little better. God damn, dude. That motorcycle...